Hello, I'm Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Seminary. This podcast is a variety of audio resources from around Southeastern. To learn more about Southeastern, visit scbts.edu. Well, good morning, Southeastern. It is good to be here with y'all. If you would, could you stand with me as we read God's word? And if you could, open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 4, or you can turn on your phones and get there, but Luke chapter 4. And we're going to be looking at verses 16 through 21. Again, that's Luke chapter 4, verses 16 through 21. And God's word reads, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up and he read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him, and he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind and to set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. If you would, please be seated. And let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. And let's ask him for his help. Heavenly Father, I come to you right now, and I'm so thankful for the privilege to be able to preach your word here in this chapel. I've been blessed by this school, and this school has been used as a means of grace to impact my life. And Father, as I stand to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ this morning, I pray and I ask that you would move by the power of your Holy Spirit. And I ask, O God, that you would help me to speak as one who speaks the oracles of God. Father, I decrease so that you can increase. You must become greater and I must become less. I pray, Father, that as your word goes forth, that you would minister in deep and profound ways to your people. I pray that you would bring encouragement and conviction. I ask, Father, that you would stir up people to love and good deeds. And I pray that you would solidify a deep conviction to proclaim the good news to the ends of the earth. So, oh God, work in this place. Encourage your children 
And for those who are listening, who may not know you, would you be so pleased to draw them by your spirit and to take out their heart of stone and to give them a heart of flesh and to put your spirit within them and cause them to walk in your statutes. So, oh God, have your way. I pray these things in Jesus' mighty, miraculous name. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, this morning we will be looking at a section where Jesus preaches his first recorded sermon by Luke. And as we look at this sermon, we're going to see that Jesus preached this sermon in his hometown, his hometown in Nazareth. Not only is this the first recorded sermon by Luke that Jesus preached, but it also is a sermon about Jesus himself. (laughs) That's what every sermon should be about. Every sermon should be about Jesus. Every sermon should be Christ-centered. And I love how the faculty here at Southeastern equips students in preaching, God-glorifying, Christ-exalting, Christ-centered sermons. I'm so thankful for this school because this school is modeling what the Bible teaches Even Jesus himself said, when we get further into Luke's gospel, in Luke chapter 24, verse 27, that Moses and all the prophets pointed to him. A couple of verses later in Luke chapter 24, verse 44, Jesus says specifically, everything written about me and the law of the prophets in the law of Moses, excuse me, and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. And this morning, this section that we are looking at helps us to understand a little bit of what Jesus meant. In these verses, we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of what the prophet Isaiah prophesied. And these verses are clear about who Jesus is, the Christ, and what he came to do. We are going to see from these verses that the good news brings spiritual liberation through spirit-empowered proclamation. In this section, I want to draw our attention to three things. Number one, the context Jesus ministered in. We see that in verses 16 and 17. And then I want to draw our attention to... Number two, the categories of people Jesus ministered to, verses 18 through 19. And lastly, I want to draw our attention to the communication of the good news Jesus was sent to proclaim, verses 18 through 21. So let's look at the context that Jesus ministered in. The text says this, And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as it was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up 
to read. Now, I want to point out that the text says that Jesus came to his hometown, and his hometown was in Nazareth. This is where he grew up. This is where he lived. Now, remember, Nazareth was a small, no-named town referred to as, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was a place that was not known by many. And if it was known, it was known for having a bad reputation. It was known for being a place that a lot of people would avoid. It was known from, for being a place that people would say, oh, yeah, Nazareth, yeah, there's no good there. But this is the context that Jesus grew up in. And this is the place that we see Jesus preach his first sermon that Luke recorded. And I think that this is really profound for us to think about. This is thought-provoking, and it should provoke thoughts in you. Because here it is, Jesus is preaching in a context that is a hard context. It's a context that was considered to have a bad reputation. And I just want to ask all of you, as you're preparing to go different places, are you thinking about going to areas that would be considered contexts that are tough and difficult? And I know you are because this school is equipping you to do so. And we just heard about individuals who are in places that are hard and difficult. But as we look at the life of Jesus, we see that he ministered in places where people said, is there anything good that could come out of there? And Jesus himself came out of Nazareth. So we know that there's many places all around the world that are neglected places, hard places, neglected contexts where lots of good can come out. But we got to be faithful to go and proclaim this good news. So we see here in the text that it talks about how Jesus was preaching in Nazareth. And then verse 17 says, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. So he's given this scroll, and the text says he unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written. Before I go any further, I just want to point this out. Jesus knew the Bible well. <laughs> you need to understand that there were no chapters and verses at the time. And the scroll that Jesus was reading, it was not easy to find your place. But Jesus found his place. To find a place where Jesus wanted to teach from, he had to roll out the scroll of Isaiah. And he ends up reading from portions of Isaiah 58 and Isaiah 61. This is someone who studied his Bible, knew his Bible, and what an example it is for us. I mean, you're here at Southeastern studying God's Word, to know God's Word faithfully. And as we look at Christ's example in so many other areas, let's look at his example here as well. He was someone who knew the Scriptures. He knew God's Word. And may it be said of all of us that we study to show ourselves approved, that we're diligent and study in God's word. May we study and know God's word well. So think about this. 
He knows exactly where to go because he studied the scriptures so well. And what he reads clearly explains who he is, the Christ, and what he came to do. And he reads, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent me to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now, before I go any further, I want to point out that there's many people that when they read this passage and study this passage, they only conclude that this passage is talking about liberation in political and social terms. And then you have other individuals that when they read this passage, they think that this passage is only talking about liberation in spiritual terms. But I want to submit to you today that I think the text is talking about both. But I believe that the text is primarily talking in salvific terms. But when we read this text here, and when it says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, we see that Jesus was empowered. He was empowered by the Holy Spirit, and he was anointed, as the text says, to proclaim good news to the poor. I love how Luke takes the time to highlight the poor. And he's not excluding the rich, but he's often often highlighted in the poor because the poor is often overlooked. The poor is often cast to the side. The poor is often seen as invisible. But we see over and over again, good news comes to the poor. I'm reminded of Mary, Jesus' mother, who sung a Magnificat, And she says, God has looked upon my humble estate. And I'm also reminded that Jesus was born to poor parents. When it came to offering up a sacrifice, they weren't able to offer up the sacrifice of a bull like others, but they offered up a poor person's sacrifice, which consisted of turtle doves or or uh, pigeons. So we see that the gospel comes to the poor, and we also see texts like in Luke chapter 7, where John is struggling, and he's, he's struggling with whether or not Jesus is really the Messiah. And Jesus ends up responding by saying, go and tell John what you have seen and heard, what you have seen and what you have heard. And it says this, the blind receive sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed. 
and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised. The poor have good news preached to them. So it's clear that this text is talking about how Jesus really did come to help people who wrestled with things physically, who were really suffering. He really did come for those who were poor and oppressed, individuals who were under oppression. These Israelites, these people were under Roman oppression. God cared about that. But we also see that this text can't be talking ultimately about him just coming for that. Because if he only came to liberate people from physical suffering, every last one of us in this room would perish in hell. So he had to be talking in salvific terms, mainly because only by us being liberated spiritually can we have eternal life. So I love that he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives. And I love when I'm reminded, when, when I think of, of uh, 2 Timothy, I love how 2 Timothy talks about how the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. And then it says this, that God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading them to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured to do his will. So Jesus said, I came to proclaim liberty to the captives. He came to proclaim good news that would set people free from their spiritual bondage, from their spiritual chains, the things that had them shackled in sin. Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captives. And he goes on to say the recovering of sight to the blind. And we do know that he healed blind people. But this is mainly talking about how Jesus was sent to rip the blinders off of people's eyes spiritually. I'm reminded when the Bible says how the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel revealed in Jesus Christ. So this means that we must be people that proclaim the good news. Yes, we are called to do good works, but we must never neglect to preach the good news. So he says, I was sent to liberate the captives, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. And yes, God cares about real oppression, real ethnic oppression. He cares about those who are being abused. He cares about those who are suffering. He really cares about those things. I'm talking about physical suffering. All we got to do is keep on reading Luke, and we see where Jesus ends up 
healing someone who is crippled. He ends up showing compassion to someone who has a withered hand. We see uh, in the next verses that follow the passage that I'm preaching on that Jesus heals people of diseases and he casts out demons. We're talking about a Messiah and a Savior who shows compassion in teaching, but also in touch. He really cared about, about individuals who were oppressed. But again, because this passage is mainly talking about liberation in salvific terms, which I know because it's in the context, Isaiah, which Jesus is quoting, is in the context of the suffering servant. The servant who, who was, was going to be sent to bring salvation. And because this is true, brothers and sisters, we must, must preach and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. We must preach and proclaim Christ and him crucified. We must tell the world that the only way to God is through Jesus. That he's the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to God except through him. And we have to be clear about that. So I love the categories of people that Jesus ministers to. The text says that he ministered to the poor, the captives, the blind, and the oppressed. But we also see in this text the communication clearly of the good news that Jesus proclaimed. And just look at these verses, 18. It says that the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to, listen, proclaim. Listen to the emphasis. Proclaim. Good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind. He has sent me to proclaim, the text says, the year of the Lord's favor. The emphasis is on proclamation, proclamation, proclamation. And we can't skip over that. And the reason why this is so important is because good works are good, but good works don't save people. Only the gospel of Jesus Christ going forth can convert the sinner's heart. I'm reminded of my friend who I just got finished talking to, Mike, who used to be an atheist. He did not believe that there was a God. He didn't think that God exists. And he went from saying, there is no God, to oh, how Jesus loves us so much because he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ proclaimed and he was transformed and changed. I'm reminded of another friend of mine who used to be a drug dealer and he used to deal drugs, and he was on drugs as well. 
But he heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, and the gospel liberated him and set him free to where he was changed and transformed, and he went from being a, a dope dealer to a hope dealer. I'm reminded of another friend of mine. She loves the Lord, but she used to be out there dancing in adult nightclubs, and I don't need to say much more than that. But when she heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, her heart was transformed and she was changed and the shackles were ripped off of her and God ripped the blinders off of her eyes. And she now is dancing in the house of the Lord, no longer in nightclubs. When I think of Afghanistan, and we just got finished praying for Afghanistan. I think of all the demonic things that are happening there. Pastors being beheaded. Women being trafficked. Children being forced to labor. I think of all of the oppression going on. How there's those in trafficking, women who are being trafficked, who are really captive. I think of all of the stuff that is going on, and it makes me say, yes, we must pray. We must pray that the gospel will continue to go forth. We must pray that people's lives will be changed. But brothers and sisters, as we pray, may we just not pray for those who are being persecuted, but may we pray for the persecutors as well. Because this is a gospel that can transform individuals in the Taliban. This is a gospel that could transform people from murderers to missionaries. So we must be individuals that believe that God could transform the most vilest people and not just those who are addicted to drugs or alcohol, but he can also transform self-righteous people who are trusting in themselves instead of the finished work of Christ. So the text is clear that Jesus came to proclaim good news. Good news. Good news. And then the text goes on to say, proclaim he came to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This points to the year of Jubilee. And the year of Jubilee was a year of celebration. People celebrated being set free from debts. It's when slaves were set free. It was a year that liberty was proclaimed all throughout the land. <laughs> Jubilee was a year when everyone got a fresh start. It was a year when people was able to start over. And aren't you so thankful that the Messiah came to give you a fresh start, to give Jehil Richards a fresh start? Not only that, that a Messiah came to set us free from our sin, from our bondage, from our shame, that he came to transform us so that we could spend the eternity with him. So thankful for Jesus Christ. What a savior we have. 
the text goes on to say, after all of this, he rolled up the scroll. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. (laughs) I love that. And then it says this, and the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And I think we can learn some spiritual lessons from here. You had these individuals whose eyes were fixed upon Jesus. And brothers and sisters, our eyes ought to remain fixed on Jesus as well. Paying attention to his teaching. Paying attention to what he has to say. The text says that their eyes were fixed upon Jesus. I love that. And then 21 says, and he began to say to them, today this scripture has been fulfilled. Listen to this in your hearing. He proclaimed good news and it was fulfilled in their hearing. What was prophesied hundreds of years ago, Jesus was saying, this is now being fulfilled. Notice how in verse 18, Jesus says, me, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And then we see again, he says, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me. Jesus has taken the words that Isaiah wrote and he, has, he is claiming them for himself because he's saying everything that was mentioned in that prophecy is about me. I am the fulfillment. It's incredible when you think about how the Messiah is the fulfillment of what Isaiah prophesied. And this good news has came forth, not just in that time, but now. This good news has came to me, it's come to you and so many others, and we must continue to be faithful in proclaiming this good news because it's only through the gospel that people could be transformed and changed. So in closing, I wanna say this. The only way for people to be liberated from spiritual poverty, spiritual imprisonment, spiritual blindness, and spiritual oppression is through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Number two, we see that Jesus' primary purpose was to liberate people spiritually, but he did not neglect caring for people physically. And as the church... Our primary purpose is to preach the gospel. But we must not neglect caring for people physically and in in real tangible ways. And number three, brothers and sisters, the same spirit that empowered Jesus and raised him from the dead is the same spirit that raised us from the dead spiritually and the same spirit that empowers us to be witnesses for Jesus. Our Lord has commissioned us to go. He's commissioned us to go forth and to make disciples. 
And you hear that consistently here at the seminary, to go, to make disciples. And he has commissioned us to proclaim the good news that brings supernatural liberation through spirit-empowered proclamation. May the Lord help us to be faithful with this message. May we go forth and proclaim the good news. But may we also display good deeds. As we proclaim the good news of the kingdom, may we also display the good characteristics of our king. May God help us. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I'm so thankful for your son, Jesus Christ, who was sent to do exactly what your word says, to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Lord, I'm so thankful that Christ came to break the shackles and chains of those who are in bondage and to set us free, to liberate us from our sin. And Father, I pray that we would go forth and proclaim this good news in our hometowns, in other places, and that you would send us to proclaim this good news all around the world. I pray, Father, that you would empower your people to be faithful with this gospel message and that we would be clear that the only way for people to be liberated from their sin is through Jesus Christ. And may we tell people, repent, turn, and put your trust in Christ and his atoning death and his blood that was spilt on your behalf. Oh, help us to be faithful with this message, God. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Consider giving to Southeastern Seminary online or visiting us for a preview day. For information on how to give or sign up for a preview day, visit scbts.edu.